this is Stacey Hillier and you are listening to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Today we're on episode five of our Sabbath collection, and we're wrapping up with our final quadrant of a biblical Sabbath, which I love, love, love to share about. Now, I'm going to tell you some news in my world, and I'm telling you because you might hear it in the background, but we just got a brand new puppy. He is so cute. He's nine weeks old. His name is Leo. He's a toy cavoodle. And we are all absolutely in love with him. He has brought the family together, brought so much joy into our house already. But he's here at my feet as I podcast today, ripping on cables, ripping on anything he can find, chewing everything that moves and doesn't move. So if you hear Leo today, you know what's happening. But hey, welcome to my world and welcome to my family life. So as I mentioned, we're on episode five today, where we look at the fourth quadrant of biblical Sabbath, which is to contemplate. So we stop, we rest, we delight, and we contemplate. And this is how we enter into God's invitation to Sabbath. But before we get into the content, let's look at a few more of your questions, which I've loved receiving. This was a good one. Why do I prioritize Sabbath? They're asking me personally, when there is so much clamoring for your attention all the time. Why do I prioritize Sabbath when there's so much clamoring for my attention all the time? Well, quite simply, because there is so much clamoring for my attention all the time. (laughs) And because God has first place in my life, This is a way for me to stop paying attention to all the other things that are clamoring for my attention and give him my full attention, my full presence with him. I'm seeking to see him, to hear him, to feel him, to know him more. It's an act of obedience. It's an act of intimacy. It's putting the first things first. And really, it's a way for me to know, does God have my whole heart? Or are there parts of myself that I'm still wanting to be my own little God? Am I bringing everything under his lordship? Sabbath makes us a deeper person. I'm a more reflective person of greater spiritual depth as a result of Sabbath. And that's because we do do things like delight and contemplate. And so that's why I prioritize Sabbath, because there is so much clamoring for my attention. And that's not going to go away. And it's not a new problem, not a new issue. So really, we have a choice. What do we want to look at and what do we want to give our attention to? And I want to give a whole 24 hours from which the rest of my week flows, where I give my full attention to God and God alone. Here's another good one. What does my preparation for the Sabbath look like? Well, it does look like cooking in advance, getting all the housework done, making sure all the washing is done. In different seasons, I've had a cleaner come into the house and clean the house for me on the day before Sabbath so that I don't have to do any of that. It looks like having a conversation with the kids, just reminding them Sabbath is tomorrow. In fact, my husband and I are in a season at the moment where we're reassessing how we do Sabbath. Because during COVID, there were so many people in the house and we were essentially in and out of lockdown here in Melbourne for nearly two years, we lost some of the rhythms that we really enjoy about Sabbath and had to make it all about how we could do it as a family. And that was good for its season. But now that the kids are back at school, we feel like there's more depth 
that we can get out of our Sabbath. And so we just had a conversation the other day that this coming Sabbath on Monday, we're going to sit and talk about planning our Sabbath. So planning it out for the rest of the year. Uh, What are some things we want to do? What are some things we don't want to do? What are some places we want to go? How could we really reconnect on a deeper level with God? So it can even include a planning meeting whether that's on your own or with somebody else. Um, I'm actually looking at the moment on creating a little bit of a document that you'll be able to download for free. We'll let you know about it at my website where you can actually plan out your Sabbath and, and find out how could you start, how could you get started. And this was an idea that was given to me by one of my friends from Thailand who said, look, rest is just not a thing in our culture. And so he was really asking, how do I even start this? Where do I get started? Do you have anything that I could process how to get started? And he and I brainstormed some kind of document or questionnaire that would help you to figure out how to plan and start Sabbath. So keep your eyes and ears out for that. We'll be sure to let you know when that's ready. But it does involve careful planning and it does involve reflection on how did it go. And then incorporating that in your planning for your next Sabbath. So then my preparation, once all of that is done, looks like I enter, as I've mentioned, by lighting a candle, taking communion, doing a contemplative prayer, uh, and just really closing any distance that has uh, happened or occurred or appeared between God and myself throughout the week. It's not that I'm not meeting with God every day. It's that I'm not meeting with him in the way that you do on Sabbath. So there's some of the things that I do to prepare for the Sabbath, but it's a great question actually because it acknowledges the fact that you do have to prepare. And that's what's different about it being a day off, um, different than a day off, is that you do have to prepare to enter Sabbath well. Here's another one. How do you have a Sabbath day in the midst of a busy world and life? I think I've addressed how to do it amongst a busy life. It's a step of faith, but I want to talk about how you do it amidst a busy world. One of the really interesting things about Sabbath is that you will notice in a heightened way the contrast between the created world that God made and the man-made world that we live in and some of the things that we've added to the world and many of them done under the inspiration of God. But when you're in nature and you're enjoying the sound of birds, water, breeze in the trees, when you're enjoying all these sounds and sights that God created and then a jet flies overhead, (laughs) you have this really interesting dichotomy of man-made things and God-created things and you notice the clash between the kingdoms. And so I actually welcome that on Sabbath because it helps me to think about the things that I call modern-day conveniences. Do I actually need them all? Do I really need some of the things that I think everybody needs and I couldn't live without? And it's also a time to ask God, what do you think about what we've done with your beautiful world, what we've added to it and our modern conveniences? And so I love to reflect on that. Do I really need all the things that I think I need? Because a marketing campaign has told me so. There's Leo, everybody. Congratulations. You just met him. So even that question right there is very insightful and you're going to feel that tension, you're going to feel that dichotomy on Sabbath that we live in a busy world that lives according to a completely different rhythm than God. And so hearing and seeing the juxtaposition of the created world of God and man's world 
bumping up against one another when you take the time to really delight and contemplate in them gives you opportunity to reflect which rhythm am I living according to? Have I allowed myself to be yoked again to slavery of consumerism and the rhythm of the world? Or am I living according to God's rhythm, the way he designed my body and the way he designed the earth? Am I living seasonally? And these are great questions to ask, not things we should shy away from. So thank you again for sending in your questions. Let's talk about contemplation now. As Exodus 20 tells us, we must remember the Sabbath by reminding ourselves that it is different than a day off because this day is a holy day. And this word holy here literally means keep this day as a sanctuary, a day of separation or withdrawal. And we're not separating or withdrawing from God. The purpose of Sabbath is to know God more and to engage with him fully. But to separate and withdraw from the rhythm of the world and from our producing or doing so that we can just be. That's what we're separating from, the rhythm of the world. And so we create ourselves a sanctuary in time and space where we can just be with God. Oh my goodness, what is this puppy eating now? Oh, don't worry, just my favourite country road bag. <laughs> Rabbi Abraham Joshua Herschel says, Sabbath itself is a sanctuary which we build, a sanctuary in time, and we enter this sanctuary by stopping and entering rest. And once we have done this within this sacred sanctuary within time, we delight and we contemplate. So to contemplate means to consider thoroughly, to think fully or deeply about something or someone. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you considered something thoroughly? When was the last time you thought fully or deeply about something or someone without distraction or interruption? I think this is a lost art in our world today. And if we want to be growing into the fullness of the maturity of Christ, growing up into the fullness of what he has called us to as prophetic people, we need to allow time to consider things thoroughly. Consider God thoroughly. Consider his world thoroughly. Consider other people thoroughly. Consider the things we're putting our hands and hearts to thoroughly and deeply. And so Sabbath is a day to consider thoroughly, to think fully or deeply about God's love and how he is woven through every good thing in our lives. As prophetic people, to think thoroughly and deeply about what is God saying to me and not just writing it down or announcing it from a microphone, but contemplating it, delighting in his voice. Okay, he's up on my lap now, everybody. You heard that little cry? We should get some peace. <laughs> so Pete Scazzaro says this about contemplation. Sabbath is an invitation to see the invisible in the visible, to recognise the hidden ways God's goodness is at work in our lives. I love that, to see the invisible in the visible and to recognise the hidden ways God's goodness is at work in our lives. In Psalm 19, verse 1, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, God's splendor is a tale that is told. His testament is written in the stars. Space itself speaks his story every day through the marvel of the heavens. 
His truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. Every day gushes out its message to the next, night with night whispering its knowledge to all. Without a sound, without a word, without a voice being heard, yet all the world can see its story. Everywhere its gospel is clearly read so all may know. And scripture is talking here about delighting, turning our face towards and bending towards, we talked about this last week, all the things that God has created, food, people, physical creation, and then contemplating God's part in it. So we contemplate after we delight. When we turn our face towards something, which we know is what delight means, then we can contemplate its message or its part in our heart and in our life. And all of this can be accessed in contemplation, as we've just read in Psalms, because often God's voice and communication with us is not audible. It can be visual. Another way of saying that is you can see God's voice. We see his voice in all the things he has created. And so once we delight and turn our face towards the things he has created, we can contemplate and think deeply about their place in our world and in our life and what God might be saying through them. Hey listeners, did you know that Stacey also has a guided prayers podcast? Contemplative prayer is a biblical and rich practice that helps us to step out of the hustle and to silence the noise, to hear God's voice, and to let his word dwell richly in us, transforming us from the inside out. With a new guided prayer released monthly, you too can discover the rich treasures of contemplative Christian practices. Find it wherever you listen to your podcasts by searching for Guided Prayers with Stacey Hillier. Now, back to Stace. Reflection is a lost art in our world, but Sabbath is a time to contemplate and reflect and recapture what the world has stolen. You could look back over your journal from the week. What did God say to you this week? Rather than rushing past it, turn towards it, think deeply and thoroughly about it. Look back and see where God has been, where you found him in your ordinary everyday life, where you found him in his word and take unhurried time just to contemplate his voice and his work in your life. Jesus encouraged his disciples to contemplate nature and to let it speak to their lives and instruct their behaviours and habits. In Matthew chapter 6 verses 26 and 28, Jesus encouraged his disciples and us. He said, look at the birds of the air and consider the lilies of the field. And he tells them that this contemplation of creation, once they turned towards it, delighted in it, then they could contemplate the fact that this was a way or a key to overcoming anxiety in their lives. So notice that to look at the lilies of the field, you have to stop enter a state of rest rather than worrying about the fact you're not moving right now, turn towards the lilies of the field and then contemplate what God might be trying to say to you through his creation. And the disciples were taught by Jesus how to do this. They stopped, they entered rest, they looked at the lilies of the field and then he stepped them through how those lilies applied to their life today 
how not to worry and how not to be anxious. And Sabbath is a chance for us to do the same. And this type of peace and calm can't be found unless we first create a sanctuary in time by stopping, resting, delighting and contemplating. And like all the other three pillars or quadrants of Sabbath, entering into deep thought and contemplation may not be easy at first. (laughs) Why? Well, Microsoft research now shows that goldfish have an attention span of eight seconds and guess what humans have? Six. Our attention spans are now less than a goldfish. Oh, my lanta. As Benedictine says, distractions inside my head are actually noises in my heart. Oh, let me repeat that. Distractions inside my head are actually noises in my heart. And contemplation is a way to rid ourselves of those noises in our hearts so that we can fully engage with the voice of God and become more like Christ. Some other things to consider when it comes to contemplation on the Sabbath. You could pray in a contemplative way rather than a driven way. I've discovered that deep well on my Sabbath. And contemplative prayer is where you do more listening than speaking. It is slow and unhurried conversation with God. Not all prayer involves saying prayers, speaking prayers. Try listening on Sabbath by simply saying, Speak, Lord, I am listening. It's prayer when you're hearing from him. He has lots to say. Scriptural meditation is another way to contemplate God and his word. And I've shared this in our spiritual practices collection, which you can go back to. But Psalm 1 talks about a blessed life as a result of meditating or contemplating God's word day and night. And this meditation is very different than New Age or Buddhist meditation. It's the Bible idea. And the word means to mutter, alluding to the fact that the word of God used to be oral rather than the hard copy Bibles we read today. So they would memorize and mutter a scripture over and over until the application would go from knowledge in their heads and make the 18 inch journey to revelation and transformation in the heart. Sabbath is all about the 18 inch journey from head to heart. And scriptural meditation helps us to do this. It's a great way to think deeply or to contemplate God's word on Sabbath. An example of this is a simple breath prayer. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And you simply remain with those two phrases and contemplate how God wants to apply and reveal that scripture to your own life today. Reading scripture for deep thought and transformation rather than consuming volumes for information is a great contemplative practice that you can incorporate into your Sabbath. And in the ancient Christian spiritual practice of Lectio Divina, which we have a whole episode on, which is translated divine reading, we take a text, we read it with conviction that God is addressing us personally through the text. And we think about it thoroughly. That's the literal definition of contemplation. And so just as prayer involves God speaking to you, this form of reading does the same thing. So read this way on your Sabbath and contemplate what God is saying through his word. And the purpose here, as Abbot Christopher Jamison says, is to let God address me, and then I feel moved to address God in response. And so I encourage you, go back to those episodes to help you 
practice some ways of contemplating on Sabbath. Uh, In fact, I was thinking about how it could serve you, the listeners, recently on this podcast as well as on the Guided Prayers podcast that I have. I thought, you know, why don't I put together a practice, a Sabbath prayer of how I enter Sabbath? Because some of the most common questions I had from you guys were, how do you enter and exit your Sabbath time? How do you prepare for it? So I've actually put together a brand new guided prayer, a contemplative practice for you. You can find it on Guided Prayers with Stacey Hillier, where you're listening to this podcast right now. And the title of it is A Sabbath Prayer. And it will take you through a contemplative practice to enter Sabbath. So I hope you enjoy that. So I want to conclude this Sabbath series by saying that obedience to Sabbath and making it part of my life has changed my life. It's changed the fruit of my life. It's not why I did it, but it is the result. It's literally changed everything for me. And these four pillars or quadrants are so rich and diverse. And how you manage them personally will be different than me, and that's half the fun. But let's talk with one another about Sabbath. Let's encourage and hold each other accountable. As prophetic people, we must be observing biblical Sabbath. And I really want this to be helpful and have handles on it for you, which is why I've tried to tie all the different collections together. And let me know how this is helping you. But I want to wrap this series up by reading from the book that really was the first one I picked up when God whispered to me, on the brink of burnout, suffering with crippling anxiety, study Sabbath. This was the first book I picked up. It's called Finding Sanctuary, Monastic Steps for Everyday Life, and it's by Abbot Christopher Jamison. He says this, In simple terms, the consumerist lifestyle forces people to work too hard in order to fulfil their consumerist ambitions. The desire for the bigger car or the better holiday drives people to overwork, and those caught up in this cycle have difficult decisions to make about whether to give up some of these ambitions in order to make room for sanctuary. Armed with this understanding, you can stand back from our culture and question it. You are a free person, and you can choose how busy you want to be. Freely choosing to resist the urge to busyness is the frame of mind you need before you can take any steps forwards or towards finding sanctuary. And now I want to finish by reading a story told by one of the desert fathers, Abbot Arsenius, and I'm reading again from Finding Sanctuary by Abbot Christopher Jamison. Arsenius was a Roman senator in the late 4th century and tutor to the sons of the emperor Theodosius. Aged just 34, he secretly left Rome and sailed for Egypt, a midlife crisis on a grand scale. But he was not eloping with a new partner to some paradise hideaway. He had gone to Egypt in order to join a community of monks, finally becoming a hermit renowned for his silence and austerity. One day in his cell, he heard a voice calling to him, Come and I will show you the works of men. He followed the voice and it led him to a place where an Ethiopian was cutting wood and making a great pile. He struggled to carry the pile, but in vain. Instead of taking some off, however, he cut more wood, which he added to the pile. Then once again he tried to carry it and once again he failed. He kept this up for a long time. 
Then the voice led Arsenius on further, to where a man was drawing water from a lake and putting it into a broken container so that the water ran back into the lake. Going on further still, he saw two men on horseback, carrying a beam between them, one beside the other. They were trying to enter the door of a temple, but the beam would not fit crosswise and neither would draw back to let the other go first so that the beam might fit in lengthwise. The story concludes with the voice saying, let everyone be watchful of his actions lest he labour in vain. That brief desert tale from a former leader of the superpower of his day is almost chilling in its relevance for us. We are piling high material wealth that we cannot carry and even when we succeed in carrying it, most disconcertingly of all, our pride prevents us delivering it. The men on horseback are excluded from the temple. Their pride prevents them entering the holy place where they might find rest. The fathers and mothers of the desert knew better than we do how being busy producing and consuming can be a substitute for facing the deeper realities of life. Unlike us, they resisted this tendency. So, Father, we come before you now and I thank you for every listener. I thank you for the Sabbath. It's such a gift. I thank you that you're a God who wants to spend time with us in relationship for no other reason than you love us. I pray that every person who has come on the journey of the Sabbath of stopping, resting, delighting, and contemplating would find you, Jesus. For those who are struggling to Sabbath, those who have tried and it has been difficult, Holy Spirit, would you come close and give wisdom and teach them Show them different things to try. We want to be in intimate relationship with you, even greater relationship than Moses. This is available to us and Sabbath is a key. I declare right now that as I hand you this key of Sabbath, I invite you to see yourself receiving a key. As I hand you this key of Sabbath, I prophesy that it is going to unlock deep wells of revelation with your God. I thank you, God, that out of the unlocking of these deep wells will flow forth prophetic revelation for nations, for cities, for families and for people groups. I thank you for the key of Sabbath. It saved me. It saved us, our relationship. I thank you that will be the result for people listening today. We repent where we have desecrated your Sabbath where we have seen consuming and production and formed our identities around things that are not you and your work, forgive us, set us right, teach us, lead us, guide us. And I thank you that you will be found when we seek you with all of our hearts. And I give you all the praise and the honour and the glory for your goodness, your faithfulness, your kindness, your relational nature. In Jesus' name, amen.